Blog Talk Radio. in Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, December 15th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin. Let's weigh in. Well, hello, everyone, and and I know it hasn't been an exciting weekend as usual in the football world, but, man, we've had some great football games today in the NFL as well as Thursday night, so welcome, everyone, to the show. Trey will not be with us tonight, I do believe. Cuervo is going to be with us and Sonny Clark possibly. So we're just going to have a fun night of sports talk tonight. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything, if that's okay with you all. Let me know in the chat room what you want, what you want to talk about. So uh, Sonny Clark's in the chat room already, Paul Ewing. So people are start coming in the chat room. We're going to have some fun tonight. But the first thing, let's get it out of the way. I know what's on everybody's mind right now is how in the world the Dallas Cowboys could choke away a 23-point lead in Dallas against a Green Bay team without their stud quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. That's the question. Does anybody know how? Okay, Paul says that Romo pulled another Romo, back-to-back interceptions, and I know Sonny Clark's loving this. He he tells us every week how bad the Cowboys are, and I'm starting to believe him. But, you know, you have two minutes left in the game. You have the ball back, you're Dallas, you're sitting on a lead. Why do you not run the football, guys? Why do you keep throwing the ball, risking a sack, a fumble, uh, a pick, anything like that? And that's exactly what happened to Dallas. They abandoned the running game when they were averaging seven yards a carry on the ground. And it just seems like to me Dallas, they're their own problem, really. I don't blame this on Romo. I don't blame it on anybody. I I just blame it on Dallas, Jerry Jones and Dallas. For some reason, he's cursed this team. And, Sonny, tell me if I'm right. I mean, I think he's, he's cursed or something. He's cursed the Dallas Cowboys. But, wow, 7.7 yards for carry, and you want to go into pass play. And if you watch during the game, Romo was harassed a lot, which which gives you a chance to turn the football over. That that really bothers me. And I, I think this is Sonny or Cuervo. What's going on, 972 area code? Good evening. It's Sonny Clark. Yep, it's the redheaded stepchild. The timing of these calls and the play calling at that uh, in that game to this, as we just sat and watched, we were in chat at the time. Uh, th- this is atypical of a Jason Garrett football team. Um, when they fired Wade Phillips, they should have fired uh, Garrett at the same time and started the whole thing over. They didn't do so. That's what you get. It's funny. Every week, I think you're just uh, you know when I listen to you, you're just a Dallas hater and everything. But the more I watch these Cowboys, the more I see you're right. I mean, it's it's terrible. And we were chatting, and I said, okay, Dallas is going to blow this one now. And they did. I mean, up 26-3 at halftime, Sonny. 
I mean, besides Jason Garrett, who would you blame in this? I mean, there's nobody else you could blame, is there? Or, yeah, you can. Actually, this really falls up on the defensive coaches. Uh, they got rid of the, uh, the, um, the scapegoat last year in Rob Ryan. They bring in a whole bunch of new coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball. They've gotten worse since then. So defensively, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, how many times this year have they scored over 30 points and lost? Um, that right there tells you that it's not the offense. This is solely on the defense. Bad, bad decision-making on the defensive side of the ball, especially when the ball's in the air with uh, pass interferences on Barry Church and uh, things of that sort. It's just atypical. It's a Dallas Cowboys, and until they break the string, I'm not going to pick for them to be any different than what they are right now. I mean, but you have Murray on that team. I mean, he's starting to get his rhythm. Like you said, he's averaging 7.7 a carry. They rush for only 134 yards, Sonny. I mean, how many more yards could they have rushed for? It looks like to me they could have easily hit the 200-yard mark if they'd have wanted to, and then they could have controlled the clock more and broke the will of Green Bay. But anytime you throw the ball around in that pass-happy offense, mistakes happen, and that's exactly what happened to Dallas. They got beat at their own game, really. They, le- they left it wide open for it to be taken away from them. And I even said it, you know, they, Green Bay left that thing open. A minute and a half, they, sh- they had first down and goal from the one. I would have wasted two plays. I really would have. I would have wasted two plays to run down that clock less than a minute and then let them try to get in. However, it worked out good for them. That's the only mistake I think Green Bay made. But at the same time, this is the NFL. It is hard to get points. If they get jarred up and jacked up, they could have been stopped on third and fourth down. So I I get it, but I I think I probably would have – I think I probably would have not scored so quickly. Yeah, I thought about that same thing, but I guess when you're in that position, you just want to score. You were down 23, and just to get in yep. the lead would would be good. Cuervo, who are you blaming uh, for this loss? And welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, who do I blame for this one? I know who's going to blame. Who's going to blame me? <laughs> well, you are the king pessimist, Sonny. You are king pessimist, so no, it's not your fault. It's not like you were out there you know, calling the plays and whatnot. Now, I feel I have to go a little outside the box here. And it's something that I mentioned this morning uh, on our show. Until Jerry Jones finds a GM, I'm going to blame the owner for the way this team plays. And the reason I say that is because it's just like I said to Sonny this morning, you, you really – it, when you have your boss watching, you know, looking over your shoulder at all times, you tend to do things a little differently, a little uh, not how you would normally do things. And I think that's what you get with Jason Garrett. Trust me, I'm sure if, if it wasn't for Jason Garrett being the uh, for Jerry Jones being the type of owner that he is, if he knew that the owner wasn't always looking over his shoulder. He would probably call this a type of football game, but I think he does things so conservatively, he is, he's to the point where he's afraid of making mistakes. And it just it things happen the way they do. And then, you know, you got Jerry Jones out there 
addressing the media when it's not even his job to do that. So um, you can look at it a lot of different ways, guys, but, you know, for me, it starts at the top. And, and until Jerry Jones learns to stay in his office or go on vacation somewhere and play golf and let the people that he hired worry about doing their job, then I'm going to continue to blame him because he seems like that type of guy. He's always looking over your shoulder to make sure you're doing everything you know, his way. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Cuervo, can you check your line real quick? It's a little muffled. Uh, you may be in the car going to get that hazelnut coffee this late at night. I don't know. But, but Sonny, is, is this a part of the December jinx for Tony Romo? And, and what is it going to take to finally get Garrett out of Dallas? I mean, I just don't see him firing it. I, I think we're just going to see a lot more excuses, and and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get them next year, Sonny. I, I think that's what we're going to be hearing. It is the atypical Jason Garrett will walk into Jerry's office and he'll have his handful of flavored chapstick. And he'll ask, what flavor today, boss? And what side or both sides would you like me to kiss today? That is what goes on. And and Jerry Jones, he loves it. He loves it, especially if it's cherry. Um, So it it is. It's a match made in heaven because – Jason Garrett will do whatever he wants whenever he wants, and that's what Jerry Jones wants. It's full control. The fact of the matter is, if this was any other team, we would be blaming the general manager, okay? We might not necessarily be blaming the coach. We would definitely be blaming the the general manager uh, asking for his head, but Jerry Jones owns the team, so no one's going to be asking for his own head. Um, so, um, and even if they got a, even if they got a quote unquote general manager, does anybody really honestly think that it wouldn't be a yes man, you know, and every move questioned by Jerry Jones? General managers don't do that. They don't go and ask the owner if they can do something. They have an idea of what they can do, when they can do it, and they know the parameters. And they don't go to Richard Kraft. They don't go to, you know, to the owners of the team and say, hey, can I do that? They know what they can do, but it will never be that way, even if they named a general manager to make everybody happy. And everybody believes that's going to be the problem. No. What's going to happen is Jerry Jones needs to die. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean, but it's not going to change until he dies. I mean, this is going to be the Dallas Cowboys legacy. And he's living on the three Super Bowls they won thanks to Jimmy Johnson. Um, you know, the two with him and the one two years after he left. So he's living on that legacy, and that legacy has been gone for 15 years. So uh, that's what they're stuck with. Well, Sonny, looking in this division right here, I mean, every team in it to me is, is below average. I mean, especially the Redskins. So I want your opinion on this in the NFC East. What do you think about this feud going on with Shanahan and RG3? And is is Cousins actually the better quarterback right now? I I don't know who's the better quarterback. Cousins didn't play well today. Um, all of the NFC East teams lost today. Um, you know, it really it's the Eagles team. It's the Eagles division to lose. They are the only ones that look halfway decent. They looked horrible today. You take away from that, I mean, the week before in the what five inches of snow that was on the football field, they actually looked better in the snow than they did today. Um, it's really the Philadelphia Eagles division to lose because just what happened today, as far as Dallas is concerned, that's going to happen in week seventeen. If it comes down to weeks, if it comes down to week seventeen. 
the Dallas Cowboys will do what they've done for the last two seasons in Week 17, and that's lose and not make the playoffs. Well, Cuervo, is, is RG3, I mean, is he killing his image right now with everyone? I, I just saw him today on the sidelines pouting during the entire football game instead of rooting his team on and try to rally him to win. I mean, Shanahan's probably gone, but what does this say for RG3 in Washington, really? Well, before I answer that, do, do I sound better, guys? Does it sound better? Yeah, yeah a lot better. Yeah, stupid Bluetooth. I, I guess I, I guess this phone doesn't work good with Bluetooth headsets. But um, I, I mean, his image. We don't need to worry about that because Daddy will take care of it. Daddy will come in and let everybody know. Leave my little Robert alone. He's a good little boy. And when he comes back next year, he's going to make everything all better. That's so. I mean, that at least that's what Redskins fans want to hear, right? They want to hear that everything's going to be just peachy. And they don't want to look past the fact that they don't have – and Pierre Garçon's an average receiver, guys. Let's, let's just call it what it is. Other than that, yeah, nobody's going to football to. The offensive line is not very good. And the defense is, is kind of – I wouldn't say overrated, but, boy, you know, they've got some players on that team that used to come, say, in Baltimore, for example, and they're borderline pro bowlers. I mean – you know, you look at guys like Kerrigan and Arakpo. These are these are some these, those are good defensive football players. I don't. Care. I mean, you can argue with me all you want, but those are those are guys that are just on the wrong team. You you stick them somewhere else, and and their their value you know goes through the roof in reality. So everybody wants to focus on our degree. Let's take a look at the rest of the team and 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 the lack of. I mean, their best defensive back, guys, is D'Angelo Hall. I mean, you really think you're going to win with D'Angelo Hall as your number one defensive back? Nah, you guys, they, they, need to, they need to draft. They need to stockpile, get some draft picks, and change this whole, this whole thing. You know, just start bringing some new talent in because what they've got right now is just not working. I'll tell you, RG3, Sonny, uh, if you're still there, he reminds me of of Cam Newton in a way with his attitude right now. But but I really do think RG three wants to wants to win. But I just don't see this guy staying healthy. So tell me what what's going to happen with RG three in Washington? Are they going to trade Cousins away and and try to get something? I mean, he looks like a good quarterback, and he could start on some teams in this league. If you look at the NFL, there's some bad quarterbacks. That just all depends on what they're going to get for him. I, and we talked about it on the, our show this morning. They're, the number one position on the football field is your quarterback. The number two position on the football field is your backup quarterback. Okay? You, you can say anything about anything else, but if I'm the Washington Redskins, I don't care about quarterback controversies. I'll get a coach. The coach will make the decision, and they, as long as it's RG3. And I keep Kirk Cousins, and I don't get rid of him unless I get a first-rounder. And no offense, Kirk Cousins, he isn't going to get it. I might even go second-rounder. If I could get a second-rounder for Kirk Cousins, I would do it. But if it's not going to be a second-rounder, I'm not letting Kirk Cousins go. I'm going to keep him right there because RG3, it's not if he's going to get hurt, it's when. Because look at the season, and 
you know, watch out next year. I, I, I'll say this is the right move to bench RT3 for the last three games. If you can't make the playoffs, don't run the risk of your franchise. They are doing the right thing regardless of what everybody thinks about it because it's for your future. It's not for the next three weeks. Who cares? Yeah, and hopefully Cousins plays good and they can trade him away. But, but Cuervo, let's go to another team in the NFL that y'all talked about this morning, the Saints. Uh, being on the road in a dome, though, you know, they they got beat bad by Seattle. They killed Carolina last week, and here they come this week on the road at St. Louis, and they lose by 11 points, Cuervo. The Saints go to Carolina next weekend. What are you, what are you thinking about this Saints team? Do they have what it takes? I mean, do they have what it takes to actually win this division and maybe make a playoff run? Because I just don't think they're a tough enough team to do that. Well, they have the team to do it, Tarvino. They're just not playing well right now. I mean, unless they're playing at home, then, you know, the, the, don't count on them to win. Don't, don't chalk, don't, you know, just check it off as a W for the Saints because it just, they're just proving, that, you know, they're, they're, they're almost the they're almost another Seattle like just like the Seattle Seahawks. They play well at home and they're okay on the road. So do they have the team? Yes, but boy, Carolina's playing good right now. I have to admit it, Tarvino. I know I know that's um you know, that's music to your ears, but it's the truth. I mean the, the Panthers are playing well, Saints are not playing well, and that's why I think the Saints probably won't win the division. Well, Sonny, Sonny, I know you're not a believer in Cam, or maybe you are now, but was was an embarrassing loss to the Saints last weekend. Was that a good thing for Carolina? I mean, they've been hot. They've been pulling some games out, but did they need a wake-up call last weekend to kind of slap them and, and just get them into, to realize that the playoffs are near? They're going to have to play better football if they're going to make it in the playoffs, actually. That's exactly what it was. It was a come-to-Jesus, as they say. Um, you're, you're not as good as you think you are on the road against good football teams. So you better start putting it together on the football field. Now, this game was at home. This could have been a totally different game if this was in a different, a different stadium. That having been said, I don't know if they I, – I believe more in the Carolina defense than I do Cam Newton, but here's the thing. Cam Newton does not have to be that stellar quarterback for them to get win when you got a defense like that. Okay, he has to be better than average, okay? This is not the Ravens of the, you know, the early 2000s, okay? They're good, but they're not that good. They need him to be able to control the football game. And sometimes I don't know if Cam Newton is that guy. Cam Newton is not a guy who wants to control the game. He's not, he, he wants to try to win the game. And I think there's, there's a big difference in those two type of quarterbacks. He doesn't have to be that, but he's not molded that way either. I mean, look where he came from. I mean, he's not molded that way. Um, he's not a control quarterback. He is a guy that wants to go out and win. Um, in certain situations, sometimes a control quarterback is what you need. And sometimes in the NFL, you got to have both. Um, good win today for the Carolina Panthers today, big time. Yeah, that Jets defense, uh, they hit Cam Newton a lot today. And, and, you know, he had 273 yards passing, 16 to 24, not too bad with a touchdown. But Cuervo, looking at next weekend, I mean, this is it. This is the game in Carolina. I mean, you couldn't script it any better if you're Carolina. You bring a Saints team that, that they look, they're looking at their confidence right now. They're looking in the mirror 
and I don't think they believe they can win on the road really in a big-time game. So how do you see it next weekend with the Carolina Panthers and the Saints meeting off for this division? Yeah, and, and this, correct me if I'm wrong, Tarvino, this game is going to be in Carolina, right? Or is it in New Orleans? Yes, it's in I Carolina. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to say right Panthers are going to win the game. I, I mean, I don't even have to sit here and think about it. Panthers are going to win the game because, you know, the Saints once again proved today that they're not they're not built to win outside of a dome. And, and Carolina plays, you know, in an outdoor stadium. It's, it's just – I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to work. And unless New Orleans gets a home game, I, I see them being one and done in the playoffs if they make it. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's that easy right now. And, and like I said, you got you got Carolina who's playing well, and you got New Orleans who's not playing so well. And the home team, the home team playing well, the road team not playing good. I, I think I think it's I think it's an easy pick. Well, well, Sonny, I need I need your advice too. I mean, the Broncos right now they're eleven and three. Uh, they lost to the Chargers in Denver Thursday night. But are you on the? Are you believing like I am that the Denver Broncos are in trouble when the playoffs get here? I, I watched them and I've really lost a lot of faith in them over the last two months. Really, when I watched them play football, any reason we should be concerned about Denver uh, when they get into the playoffs? You always got to worry about that because who's the guy at the quarterback position who's only won one Super Bowl over his 12-year illustrious career? I know. That's not a knock, okay? His brother's got two, and look what he did today. It's not a knock, but when it's consistent, that's what you got to worry about. I don't think you need to worry about the Broncos for the rest of the season. I do think you have to worry about them depending on their, their matchup in the first round. In, in the, I'm telling you, this is one this is one there's some teams that Denver does not want to meet. They don't want to meet these tough defensive football teams. This Chiefs team, they're going to go knocking you know back and forth and it's going to be tough for them. Um, the loss to the loss to the Chargers was a huge loss for them. I, I think that is one of those things where you look back up on it and go, "Hmm, you wish you had that one back." Um, you, you don't worry about losing to the Patriots because, hey, the Patriots are the Patriots without question. Um, but when you go back and, and you look at the the other loss, you, you, I don't know. Peyton Manning is a guy that's got they got they got the Texans and the Raiders for crying out loud for the last two weeks of the season. Um, they are going to win two more games, so they're going to be right up there. They'll probably get that first round by. And I will say this: I don't know if I want the if I am a Denver Bronco fan. I don't know if I want the Denver Broncos to get a first round by. I I don't know if I want them. Uh, I don't know if I want them resting and relaxing for a week more so than being in sync uh, week in and week out, and I think that's what would help them. Well, Cuervo, I don't know what you think, but it just seems like to me this Denver team, you know, a couple of months ago, they looked invincible. I mean, they looked like they were rolling through everybody, and then the weather got cold. The colder it got, the the worse Denver played. So how is Peyton Manning going to do in the playoffs? Because I see several teams right now that's easily going to knock the Broncos off in the playoffs. Well, sure, and it all depends on how your team is built. I mean, it seems like, you know, this team isn't built to, you know, run the ball 30 to 40 times a game. This is more of, of uh, 
you know, warm weather, you know, throw it 30 to 40 times a game and, uh, you know, make it, make it like the, a finesse looking football team. And I mean, I don't know what John Elway's thinking, but dude, you play in the city of Denver where it gets cold as hell in the wintertime. So to sit there and build a, a, a throwing team with finesse, probably the wrong way to go. Uh, it'll work in the regular season because it's not as cold, but as we saw last year, you know, Tarvino and Sonny, I mean, that, that first playoff game in the cold weather, which was their only playoff game, it was, what, six degrees outside, and they wound up losing the game. So they, they have to, you know, you just have to be smart about it. When the Broncos won Super Bowls, you know, they, they lived off the run. I mean, yes, John Elway was the quarterback, and, and but you still had a guy in Terrell Davis who was, who was you know, running the football down people's throats. And that's why they were winning Super Bowls. So it's it's different, you know. And this team is not a running football team, and they need to they need to become a little bit more balanced. Well, Sonny, another quarterback, a a great quarterback, Tom Brady. Today, he loses to Miami on the road, twenty-four to twenty. He had three hundred sixty-four yards and two touchdowns. Does this make you? Even more concerned if you're a Patriots fan now. You lose a game like this with the performance of Tom Brady. Playoffs are getting close. They're in the playoffs. They're going to win their division probably. But how in the world are the Patriots going to make it deep into the playoffs with all of these? They're injuries? not. They're not. Okay. Uh, they're, they're going to. They might even get a first run by. But uh, I set up before this season and at the end of the season last year after the Patriots lost in the playoffs. I'm not worried about the Patriots during the year, okay? They'll, they'll throw away a game here and there. But once they get into the playoffs, I don't have any trust in what the, uh, the Patriots can do. The loss to Miami was not anything that I or Cuervo didn't see. We picked the Miami Dolphins to beat them in Miami. Why? Because Miami is in a good position to try to get up there in the AFC. They're 8-6 and six right now, uh, right now holding on to the sixth seed, depending on what the Ravens do on Monday night. But I'm going to tell you that these Dolphins, they have taken that off the field uh, – situation and they're making the best of it but as far as the patriots are concerned as they're moving forward i don't have any trust in it it will depend upon who they get i think they can beat the colts i think they can beat uh the dolphins again in the playoffs but i don't think they can beat the chiefs i don't think they can beat the Bengals, and i don't think they can beat the broncos yeah i mean that's 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 a the teams I'm concerned about. And let's let's look Cuervo at the Baltimore Ravens. They're at seven and six. They have a big game tomorrow night. Um, I think it's tomorrow night, isn't it? Or is it, yeah, yep, tomorrow I mean, night they play. They, I mean, is Baltimore a team? And and I didn't believe in them at the first of the year, but the more you let them hang around and hang around, here they are, a chance to make a wild card, guys. Could Baltimore be a team to sneak into the playoffs and actually do some more damage? I, I really think they can now after watching them play the last 13 games. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you know, you, we can't forget that they are the defending champions. So you got to give them that much. Now it's not the same team, uh, player for player, but I mean, this is you know they still have the same quarterback, they still have the same head coach, they still have some of the same defensive pieces that they had that, that won them a championship last year. So, I mean, it's still, they're still the Baltimore Ravens guys. I mean, it's a little different, but, I mean, they're, they're still a team that, you know, can still make the playoffs and 
pull pull an upset off or something like that. I don't I don't see them going all the way like they did last year, but I mean, you never know. I mean, they they could be a team that could you know that can spoil some some things for certain teams. Um, but as far as them you know really making a, 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 a being a threat in the AFC, I don't see that happening. But um, them making the playoffs, I think if they do, I mean they they might. They might, they could scare you. So, so Sonny, give me the team right now in the AFC you better watch out for that could could make the Super Bowl that nobody's really talking about right now. Wow, um, you, you can't say it's the Dolphins, and I think people now think that the Chiefs are for real. I think people will be talking about the Broncos. If anybody's not talking about anybody, it would be the Bengals and the Colts. Um, out yeah. of all the teams that would make it, um, I, and I would probably, if I had to pick those two, um, I would go with the Colts, um, just more in the fact of how well that they played last year in the playoffs. They've been there, they've done it. The Bengals won it out, won it out. I mean, they're used to doing that. Um, so you know, and uh, on our show, I'm a firm believer. Until you prove it to me that you can do it, I'm not going to pick you. Um, so I would take the Colts. I think the Colts uh, that no one's thinking about right now. Um, because, frankly, if the Ravens win tonight, they're probably going to win the division, I think. I think, Or not win the division, but get that uh, wild card seat, that number six spot, and the Dolphins might be pushed out the door. That being said, if it, even if it's the Ravens or Dolphins, I don't think the Ra- I think the Ravens defensively would be the better pick for better football because they have a better defense, and they do have Joe Flacco. You always want to see the defending Super Bowl champions in the, uh, in the playoffs. Um, but uh, the Dolphins, I wouldn't expect to do anything but one and done either. But so I think it would be the Colts. Okay, well let's move to the NFC and Cuervo's division. Here is Bears have an eight and six record. They're number one. They're leading this division. But Cuervo, how comfortable do you feel with the Bears right now with Aaron Rodgers looming? I mean, he's coming back, and all Green Bay's doing is, is they're winning football games now. They've won two in a row. And they're they're really technically almost tied in this division. So tell us about your Bears. What's the chances of them winning this division? Well, I mean, I think that you know, like I, like I was telling Sonny this morning, there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen. First of all, it all starts with them losing to Baltimore tomorrow night. If that happens, then you you know you've got a seven and seven Lions team uh, that that's you know sitting in second place. And even even though the Bears you know, got swept by Detroit, it's not going to matter. So, for trust me, Bears fans, the whole city of Chicago is going to be rooting for Baltimore in, on Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that, that's, I, think that, I think that's a no-brainer. But how I feel about just focusing on, on my Bears, I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't. I just the, – the defense scares the daylights out of me. I'm not – and it's funny because last year – I was saying the total opposite. I was I was good with the defense. I was comfortable with the defense, and the offense would scare the daylights out of me. But it's totally different this year, guys. I mean, what a difference a year makes in the NFL. I mean, th- this Bears team went from being one of the top five defenses and one of the worst offenses in the league to, you know, being, what, 27th in the NFL and, and you know, being the worst running defense in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, the Denver Broncos are the only team that that scores more points per game than the Chicago Bears do. 
Well, Cuervo, you know the the offense for the Bears. I think that's the price you pay anytime you go to that that fast tempo offense, really moving the ball. And then I never see a team with both a great offense and a great defense like that. So tell me, tell me which you would rather have the the defense, the great defense and the sucky offense, or the good offense and the sucky defense. You know, as much as I complain about the defense, I, I would rather have them the way they are now just because of the way the NFL has changed. I mean, five years ago, you couldn't convince me, well, you should have the better offense. But now, with, with, the, way the, with the way the NFL has changed, um, you know, would I go back to what it was before? No, I don't think I would. And, again, it's because it's, the NFL is all about scoring points now. And, again, the Bears do it better than, than everybody else except the Denver Broncos. Well, well, guys, we have a big Bears fan on the line here. Quinn is joining the show. How's it going, Quinn? It's going good. And, and I agree with you, Cuervo. I'm not – the the defense scares me, but I also think – I think it will ultimately come down to the Packer game. I see – I have a gut feeling Detroit loses tomorrow night, and then I have a feeling that the Bears will beat Philadelphia, and I think it will come down to the Packer game. And I hope Rodgers isn't cleared to play. (laughs) Well, Rodgers, man, I I don't know, Sonny, if they're missing Rodgers really right now what they have in Green Bay. Oh, you got to be missing him, regardless. Um, <laughs> I mean, Matt, Matt Flynn, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think we were talking about this game being so close if Matt Flynn was actually the quarterback. By the way, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers just went up thirteen nothing on Cincinnati. Damn, I should have picked with Ooh. Pittsburgh. But anyway, um, <laughs> that that whole thing, you know. I don't know. It just all depends on, you know, how they're going to go in, you know, into the playoffs. If they're going to go in the playoffs with with a big head or if they're going to go in and just take care of business. And obviously the best way to go into the playoffs is going by uh, taking care of business. Your Cowboys choked, though. I was hoping they would beat the Packers. They're not my cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are, Quinn. Don't listen to them. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sonny's on Jerry Jones's payroll. Don't let him fool you. I, I can't. I can't get media passes to the Dallas Cowboys to save my life. You know, so I, I usually <laughs> write something that I I I've received emails from the Dallas Cowboys offices before about my article. So needless to say, you know, I'm not the big Dallas Cowboy fan that everybody thinks I am because I lived in Dallas. No, I lived in Arizona and I lived in Chicago and Detroit. So there you go. (laughs) Well, Quinn, uh, Quinn, I'm glad you called in. How's everything going with you, buddy, before we move on? It's going, everything's going pretty well. Just, Looking forward to January 6th, heading to Pasadena. Oh, me too, buddy. Good luck, and I will be there. I'm still trying to sort out my ticket thing. I just don't want to pay too much money, but I have about a 50-50 shot of getting a decent ticket. But have fun in Pasadena, Quinn, and, and I'll see you there. So, guys, let's let's talk a little bit about Mac Brown at Texas real quick. I don't know what you think, Sonny. You're over there in Texas. Did Mac Brown 
I mean, did he have all this planned out, what was going to happen? Because it's, what's being told is he had a chance to come back if he decided, after Saban signed that with Alabama, signed his extension, then he stepped down. Do you find that odd, or, or what's going on in Texas right now? I think it's 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 a it's a dumb move. I mean, now now this is just me. I I make them fire me so I get my money. I you know, I'm sorry, I do. Um, and Mac Brown, you know, he could be a coach anywhere he wants to next year. Okay, the guy could be a coach if that's what he wants to do. He's going to get a lot of feelers, so you might as well be in Texas. I, I say it was a bad move. I think it was you know not a fiscally sound move for Mac Brown to go to to resign his position because with him resigning, it takes he loses the five point two mil. Uh, dumb move. Um, make him fire you. Who cares if you're not liked? I mean, you know, fi- let's see. Uh, everybody in the community loves me, and I have nothing to show for it next year. Or everybody in the community hates me, but I got 5.2 mil. I think that one's an easy decision. But then again, who am I? Well, guys, we're going to bring Sonia on. Sonia's online. Welcome, Sonia. Give us your thoughts. Uh, about this whole Nick Saban to Texas ordeal, and tell us about what you think about Mac Brown stepping down today. Uh, well, Mac Brown, we, we, that was expected. We knew that was coming. And first of all, hey guys, I think you've got what Cuervo and Sunny, or is it yep. just Sunny? Yep. Hey guys, Cuervo and Sunny. Cuervo might be on you. mute. There all right, <laughs> okay. Um, well, Tarvin. Tarvin kind of has an inside jump because he, he and Jason and I have discussed this offline so many times, and he knew that I was ignoring the people on the boards because it was hilarious to see them just speculate on all this stuff. And it wasn't until Saturday, and I made sure I tagged Tarvin when I posted a copy of Nick's contract. And I'm like, this is the reason. It's always my trump card whenever anybody starts talking that saving to anywhere type crap. There are two clauses in Nick Saban's contract. And the, the reason Alabama did this, everybody was like, when he first signed, it's like, oh, he doesn't have a buyout. What's wrong with Alabama? Are they stupid? The man has a history of, of jumping from team to team. You know, you've got to protect yourself. Alabama did two things that were very smart. They hit him where it hurts. Everybody knows that Nick Saban is the ultimate recruiter. That man has to recruit. It's in his blood. There is a clause in his contract that states, should he leave at any time, should he decide to leave on his own, not terminated will, not being asked to leave, he cannot recruit for a year for any team he goes to unless the head coach of that team has already contacted that recruit. So that's for a full year. Since Nick Saban has been on the recruiting trail hot as all get out, in between the games, even now he's on the recruiting trail. There is no way that Nick Saban is going to sign a contract where he has to give up recruiting for a year should he decide to go to another team. It's just not going to happen. I did not happen. know that, Sonia. I did not know that, honestly. And that is why that's my trump card. If you go to my wall right now, there's a copy of his contract that he signed in 2007. And it's just so funny. And there's also another clause in there that actually is before the recruiting clause where if he decides that he wants to give notice – he has to give notice that he is leaving within five days of the last game in the regular season or written notice 30 days within or 30 days at any other time. That's two clauses in his contract that Bama built in to protect themselves so they wouldn't be surprised if he decided to leave. If people actually paid attention and researched, they wouldn't be spreading this crap. He's not going anywhere. 
Well, well, who is going to be at Texas, Sonia, if you had to guess, if you had to speculate? Who do you think are the top three candidates in your mind that would end up at Texas? Uh, it, it's so hard right now because there's so many names. I mean, the, first of all, there's so many rumors out there, <clears throat> and people are, are talking about current coaches. You, you're hearing about even your coach, Gus. You know, that's the latest one. I think the, the hottest one right now. Then there's um, uh, Sumlin. You know, they're going. They're talking about all of these coaches that are currently coaching, but it's some some. It's hard. I'm not even going to lie because you're going to need somebody that can come in. The one thing about Texas fans is they're kind of like most top tier top tier team fans. They're not patient. So whoever whoever comes in, they're going to have to to produce very very quickly. Somebody that can handle that pressure, it's going to have to be a younger guy, but somebody who's, who's either hot, young, on the rise, or somebody, um, I think I just saw like Harbaugh, Harbaugh, somebody like that, you know, or Tomlin or, or some, one of these coaches that are about to get fired out of the NFL. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and I heard Gus Malzahn, Cuervo. I don't, I don't know if you heard that, but I, I think Texas wants more of a proven head coach uh, yeah, with a background pedigree, you know, something like that. I'm thinking along the lines of, of possibly Gundy at Oklahoma State, Cuervo. What do you think about Gundy at Oklahoma State going to Texas? I mean, he's proven he can win, and he's doing it with a lot less than Texas has. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't know. I mean, because I would think that Texas would want, probably want somebody that might have a championship you know, to their name, maybe maybe that's too much to ask for because there's not a lot of guys out there. But um, you know, we're not we're not talking about Texas Tech here. We're not talking about uh, you know, Southern Texas. I mean, this is the University of Texas. So, um, but then again, at the same time, I mean, Texas, you know, it's going to get to the point where beggars can't be choosers. They're going to have they, they got to find a head coach. So I think. The longer they wait to hire somebody, the the you know the less of a, a value coach that they get. So they're they're gonna have to start looking you know hard right now. And now a name that myself and Sonny have brought up, even going back to last year, was Gary Patterson out of TCU. I don't know if he'd make that move, but that's a name that we've always thrown around as well. That's Sonny, Tom, do you mind if I interrupt Sonny, one second? Because I totally agree with where Quero was going with that. But sure. the one thing that I think uh, people need to look at also is a lot of these would-be coaches are looking at the way that the UT administration is, is treating Mac Brown in all of this. And even though Nick Saban was not going to Texas at all, there were not even talks or anything like that, he's even expressed in his way, you know, it's like, wait a minute, even if I were in a position where I could go to Texas – why would I want to go to a school that treats a legendary coach like this? If you're going to teach, if you're going to treat him like that, then guess what? Who am I? So I think that's mm-hmm. another thing that UT, you know, they need to hurry up and, and put this thing to bed because they're, right now, public relations-wise, the way that they treat it back, who is a much beloved figure, not just in Texas, but as a legendary coach, it's it's not giving them a, a it's not a good look. Yeah, Sonia, that's a great point. Sonny, uh, what do you think about that comment? Well, I think it's Gary Patterson. Uh, she's right on. Um, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, Gary, Gary Patterson 
realize that he cannot do what he needs to do to be competitive. His first year in his new division that puts him in the BCS, um, he might as well be on a different team. Gary Patterson would be the guy I would be going after. It's not a big move for him. Um, it's a good move for for the Longhorns in reality. Um, and it's it's going to be easier for him to recruit to Texas more so in reality than it would be to recruit to TCU, especially with where TCU is at. So just for just for recruiting purposes, if I'm Gary Patterson, I'm seriously thinking about that move. And Sonia, I think I think Nick Saban's going to sign with Texas tomorrow. What do you think? <laughs> I know. I think he is. He's going to um, just you know. Forget all about the recruits you've talked to the past two years and, you know, just just say, screw it and go to Texas. So <laughs> I think everything's fine, but I do – I wish Texas the best. I hope they do find a, a new coach. But the way they handled this whole thing just totally gave yep. – it gave themselves a black eye. It gave, uh, it gave the conference, in a way, you know, a black eye. It's kind of like you can't get to the point where everybody knows that Texas is a great job. And everybody knows that it's going to, you know, there's going to be money there. But you can't act like Texas is the be-all, end-all. I mean, look at USC. They went through the same thing when they let Kiffin go. So there, there needs to be a little, uh, they need to tone down the arrogance a little bit. And maybe they'll attract a coach that's there. But it's just, it's hilarious the way all this turned out. I just hope they find a good coach. I hope we have some great football coming up. And, hey. Well, I appreciate you joining us, Sonia, and uh, some great insight there. We appreciate you. Oh, no problem. And I'm actually telling you in the chat room, the whole thing about Nick's contract, the very first time this came up after he came to uh, Bama is when the whole thing about the contract came out. And Herb Street wrote this great article about it, and that's why he's always, whenever it comes up, he's always the first to say, no, he's not going anywhere. This man will never give up recruiting because it specifically states any recruit that he's talked to while he's been the head coach of UA, he cannot talk to for up to a year. So things like that, it's kind of like, guys, just slow your roll, know your coach's contract before you start spreading rumors, and consider the source. It's best just to keep keep your mouth shut, see how things play out. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Sonia. And tell Jason I said hello, and, and we'll see you in the chat. We sure will. See you later. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks. Ciao. All right. Thanks. Hey, Sonny, am I wrong? Sonia said if she said something that 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 I've been thinking, I just haven't said it about Texas. I mean, in their eyes, this is the best job out there. But as you see with these teams, they go year in and year out. I mean, you can struggle for a few years. Is Texas really the best job out there? And, and would Saban have been crazy for leaving Alabama to go to Texas? It's the best job that's available right now. Uh, it wasn't before before all this was out there. It's the thinking that's out there. I mean, I can't think of any other team that you know. First of all, it's it, it's Texas, so you get the you get the Texas you'll get the Texas recruits. You'll you'll be able to grab up guys um, in your local area. It'll help pack the stadium. That's a huge thing as well. Um, yeah, I think it is, as far as what is out there and that's available now, I can't think of right now, just off the top of my head, a better team um, or a better college uh, for any really good recruit to have right now. Well, Cuervo, when I think of Nick, uh, Mac Brown, really, I, I mean, I've never seen him do anything that would embarrass Texas 
embarrass their fan base, maybe except giving up 600 rushing yards to BYU maybe. But, I mean, was this a little premature? And just, I guess if you're Texas and you're out there and you see other teams, like you see Malzahn come in his first year and, and go to the championship, you see what Muschamp did last year, almost made it to the national championship. Is, is that their issue? Are they just very impatient? And is, and is that what caused this? embarrassment really for Mac Brown because he deserved a lot more than what Texas did for him here in the last few weeks. Well, you know what, Tarvino, unfortunately the old, you know, the old school thinking of given the proper exit and things like that. Just I mean, we do you remember when Bobby Bowden stepped down as Florida State head coach? I mean, they pretty much they couldn't push him out the door fast enough. And, I mean, he was at Florida State for, what, 30 years or something like that? I mean, that, that, that was, it, it, was, it was a joke the way they, they treated the guy at the end of, at the end of his uh, coaching career. It, it, was, it was a joke. So basically the point I'm making is I mean, we could talk about, oh, he deserved a better, uh, you know, better this, better that. When it, nowadays, it's what have you done for me lately. That the, these universities don't care about what you did 20 years ago. They don't care about what you did uh, when you won that national title back in '05 with Vince Young, who didn't pan out in the NFL. It, it, that stuff doesn't—it's irrelevant. Okay, what, what's going on in the past? What three to four years? Oh, you—you've you, only won 10 more games than you lost. Okay, time to move on. Like that—that's the reality of the business as far as being a head coach at any level of football, college, NFL, whatever. And you know, it's, it's, you know, just like Sonia said, it's about it's about here and now and and the dollar signs. That's that's all it comes down to, guys. It's a business and it's a very harsh business. Well, Sonny, you saw Gene Chizik in 2010 become the first Auburn coach to win a national championship since 1957, and two years later he's out of a job. I mean, I think yep. Cuervo's right, isn't he? It's really all about now, and, and what, really, how are your rivals doing? What, what are other teams doing? If, if Chiswick would have been 3-9 and nine and, and Alabama would have been 6-6, six and six, I think Chiswick would still be the coach at Auburn, but because of their rivals winning national championships, I think it forces other teams to make these decisions, and if they, they have to win now at all costs, really. Yeah, well, and I really don't, to, to a certain extent, don't understand that. And I say this because we we are talking about, I mean, you know, Alabama not going to make is not going to make the BCS bowl. I mean, the bowl they're going to that's a huge loss for them as far as is monetary, um, and it affects what the coach makes. However, when you think about what what you know Auburn has done and, and that situation beforehand, it just goes to show that winning football, you know means something on the college level. Uh, BCS Bowl and everything, it means, those things mean something. Although, I don't think there's much of a money difference if they don't go maybe to the national championship, but if they get a halfway decent bowl, the money part of it shouldn't have anything to do with it. Um, so, you know, it's more about winning, like you said, against your rivals. You, it's almost like, you know, sooner or later, you know, the Michigan coach is going to get fired because he can't beat Ohio State. Um, same thing down in Arizona. I mean, you know, you've seen coaches get fouled because they can't beat Arizona in the last game of the year. You know, these kind of things are the things that get, get you almost fired. Um, and so it, it, that's not a big surprise to me. 
Well, Sonny, Tanya wanted me to remind you that Alabama's going to BCS Bowl. They're going to the Sugar Bowl. Ah, there you go. That's not a bad bowl. I mean, think about it. That's not a bad bowl. I mean, what's the difference in money in reality? Uh, might be a couple million, right? So the simple fact of the matter is he got him to a halfway decent bowl. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, the, the BCS is, a, is a great, but there's some teams in there, Cuervo, this year. So if you look at Bama, I, I think they're going to show up and show out because I know they're disappointed, but they're not going to let A.J. go. But, I mean, you know your program's in a good place when you make a BCS bowl and you're 11-1 and one and you're very disappointed, Cuervo. I mean, that's, that's saying a lot about where you are, and that's why Saban got that $2 million raise, really. Well, when you're when you're the two-time defending champion and you've won, you know, three out of four, uh, the, you know, the, you're gonna you know that the expectations and the standards are very high. So, uh, to be eleven and one and to be disappointed, I mean, you know, I mean, it's easy to get spoiled. And and, and don't take this the wrong way, Sonia, but you gotta you gotta <laughs> admit it. Alabama fans have been spoiled the past five to six years. I mean, to win that much, and it's a great feeling. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to know what it feels like as a Tennessee fan. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, what do you mean we're not in the title game? It's it's so easy for that to happen. But, you know, a lot of people like to refer back to when Alabama lost in that BCS game to Utah, okay? Now, let, let's let's not fool ourselves here. Nick Saban was on the job for, what, a couple of years at that point in time. So Alabama was still learning how to, how to, you know, play the winning traditional ways that Alabama used to be known for. And if they were to play a team like that again, uh, trust me, the game wouldn't even be close. And uh, matter of fact, I don't even think this game is going to be close. I, th- I, think, I think Alabama beats Oklahoma by three touchdowns, and it's not even close. So, um uh, it, Is that Oklahoma right. or Oklahoma State? No, the University Oklahoma. of Oklahoma. Okay. Cuervo. Yes, ma'am. I heard what you said, man, and guess what? <laughs> guess what? <laughs> What's up? I totally agree. With <laughs> 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 you, and, and Tarver will tell you this. You can go back to some some old shows and, and Smelly, Chris Smelly, and I said this at the beginning of the season. You know what? After all the crap that we've had to deal with, after all of the, the bandwagon fans, it's kind of like Auburn now. When Alabama won back-to-back, all of a sudden we saw people with Bama gear on, and we had, we're like, where'd you come from? Hold on. <laughs> and it's to the point where it was like you can't really enjoy the success because of the, the hate and the bandwagon fans and all, this, all the crap. You, you're almost like, okay, you know what? Let's lose so we can get rid of these these jokers, you know. <laughs> Let's just it's, – it's time to come back to reality because I got tired of seeing bandwagon um, Bama fans posting stuff like domination and we, we spanked you and we did this. You know, we needed a break. It's like, come on, we won, but that's not how Bama fans celebrate. We always give props to the other team. So seeing a lot of this, this arrogance and obnoxiousness <laughs> every single week, just got to the point where I was like, man, I'm kind of sick of us, too. Seriously. <laughs> so I, I'm just wanting to let you know I totally agree. It is what it is. I think now, you know, Bama has gotten a dose of re- – Bama fans have gotten a dose of reality that we can lose, as we all know. 
and it'll be let's let's get back to normal. You know, let's get back to getting back on that three peat, you know, goal. But yeah, we definitely we definitely needed to uh to face a little reality. So I do agree. Well, what do you, Sonia, yeah, let me ask you this. I, just, I, I, I'm, I'm actually interested. Sonia, what, what do you think about the, the Saban controversy about the fans leaving before the game's over and everything else? I mean, you know, I, what do you think about that? That wasn't the fancy. That's, that's another somebody takes the story and runs with it. That was the student section. Okay, when it comes to the student section, both seats are reserved. There's a waiting list for those seats. All right? right, and what it is, it's, diff- it's students that attend the UA, different clubs, different organizations, they have first shots for those seats. And what had happened is some of these clubs who, has a, who, who are on the list and got tickets for those seats were either, you know, showing up late, not showing up at all, so the stands were empty. And it's like, come on now, wait. You know, you've got people who, are, who would die. They would give anything to, to, to have this seat. And you guys are just taking it for granted. So I don't blame him for that. But let's get one thing straight. It was not the fans. It was just that student section that he was referring to. Very good. All right. Well, well, that's good to know. And and I I know kids are there to drink, to get drunk. And as soon as they see a chance to get out of the game and go get hammered, they're going to do it. And I think that's the case with a lot of student sections, Sonia. It's not just Bambas. I think it's it's a lot of – a lot of students are out to get drunk, especially when you're playing Chattanooga or somebody, you know. <laughs> exactly, right? They just want to take off. But, no, it's been, it's been um, a great season for us either way it goes. And it's funny, <clears throat> you know, you've always, you're always going to have your haters. And uh, we had one particular person that Tarvin knows, an Auburn fan, mutual friend, and <laughs> he went on about he was, he was basically trying to make the case that we should, help, you know, hold our heads down and we should be ashamed because we didn't make it three times and this and this and that. And I'm like, dude, okay, let me break this down to you. And I went over <laughs> from 2009 up until the present to all the things that Bama, our players, have accomplished. And I'm like, what Bama fan in their right, just exactly what are we supposed to be ashamed of? We, we've had, like, the past four years for us, most teams would kill for. I'm so proud of those boys. And I'm not going to sit here and just throw them over or, or throw away my, my roll-tide roll just because they lost one game. <laughs> They're going to the Sugar Bowl instead of the national championship. But, again, that goes back to the arrogance and the expectations. Yeah, we expect them to always play for a national championship, but if they don't make it, hey, it is what it is. Nothing's going to change it. It's hard to make it every year. I mean, you have to have some luck. If you see Auburn this year, how lucky they were a couple of times. And I mean, you, you can have a great team, just like Alabama, for example. Guys, they're the only team that would be favored over Florida State on a neutral field right now, and they're not even playing for the game. So, I mean, it's hard to make it to a national championship once, much less, you know, three years in a row and win it. I mean, it, it is unbelievable what Alabama's been able to accomplish with Nick Saban. And and I'm telling you, Sonia, a lot of the Bama fans were sweating at Nick Saban losing or leaving and going somewhere else because that could have really hurt. But uh, I guess several. Oh of yeah, that was funny. About. I think we, you and I, were joking about that in your group <laughs> as far as uh, you and Tino and I think a couple other people were having fun. And you could always tell the worried Bama fans; those are the bandwagon ones because they don't know. And the <laughs> other ones are just sitting back laughing, and we're messaging each other like, "Did you see this one?" Like my favorite, honestly, was the 100 million. Um, and 1% of the Longhorn Network, that was my favorite to read. That was great. <laughs> I'm like, 
So he's going to go from $5.2 million to $100 million and 1% of a Longhorn network. Okay, guys, can we at least, you know, stick to reality? At least base some of your stories in reality. That's a, that's a great point. But, Sonia, thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, and good luck in the Sugar Bowl. I'm sure I know a lot of people talk bad about the SEC, but I have a feeling this year could be a dominant one again in the polls. Hopefully Auburn can pull one out, too. <laughs> yeah, good luck to you guys, too. You guys have a great week. Take care. Night, Sunny and Cuervo. You guys have a great show. Take care. All right. Take care. Well, I mean, you know, you know, guys, Saban calling these guys out. Sonny, what do you think about that, calling the students out for leaving early? Are you buying what Sonia said? Because that's what he – I think he referenced that in an article afterwards. He was talking to the students that were leaving the game, and there was a million people on the waiting list for Alabama, right? Well, you know, it, it, it's one thing. I mean, if, if Nick Saban owned those tickets – then I would say he probably have something to say about it, but he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, if you if you got the tickets or your tickets and you decide if you're going to go or not, that's now I am I, I'm perfectly all right with that kind of feeling. Obviously, uh, some are not in full agreement with that. They say if you got the tickets, you should go. Uh, it's kind of like a Green Bay mentality if you think about it. The Green Bay Packers. You know, here on a waiting list for you know for a lifetime before you even get an opportunity to get into a Green Bay Packer game. So, you know, I see how it's it's taken serious, but at the same time, if you forked over the money, if you decide that you don't want to go, regardless of the situation, if you're a student or not, it's your right to go. And I don't think there's any place for Nick Saban to come out and say say anything about that, regardless if it's the students or not. Well, well, guys, I, I think Cuervo, and you tell me what you think, I think he preaches to his players, you know, never to quit, no matter what opponent it is, never, you know, ease up, let up in a way, and take it for granted. I think when Saban saw the crowd leave like that and they're empty, I think the players sometimes look at that and kind of let up a little bit. What do you think? Um, I, I think I think that's very little. I mean, I'm I'm talking – very, very little attention do they pay to that. I think they're more focused on the the, uh, the game. I, I'm not saying they don't look out there and they're like, damn, the student section looks pretty empty. I'm not, I'm not saying that never happens. Um, but, you know, Sonny was mentioning that, that uh, you know, Nick Saban shouldn't care. It's not like he owns them. However, Nick Saban at the same time is part of the reason why so many people want to sit in those seats, and if it wasn't for, hell, if they had Mike freaking Shula as their, still, as their head coach still, <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't think people would be in a waiting line for those for those tickets to the Alabama games, because, correct me if I'm wrong, Tarvino, Alabama with him as that coach, they were a 7-6 and six team at best, or maybe 8-5. and five. He was my favorite Alabama coach. I mean, I, I <laughs> really love Shula. As an Auburn fan, I, I love Shula, and Tuberville did too. And then when Saban came along, the game changed a little bit. But yeah, I don't I know. Saban, Saban runs that school, guys. I mean, he runs everything. Don't let anybody fool you. His opinion matters, and these guys treat him like a god. They do. I mean, I'm sure the fans, some of the fans were like, yes, sir, Saban, you're right. And I mean, when you win that many national championships in a row, I guess you can say what you want to. I <laughs> mean, well, guess, at the know. same time, though, Tarvin, you're talking about a guy who's been there only four years. He's not 
I mean, yeah, I guess it's good that you win championships, but let's be honest, if you take away from – he's no Joe Paterno as far as football god. I mean, really, if you think about it. Now, you know, granted, he's done this, in, you know, in one place, and I get it and I understand it, but, as you know, that that's the ego portion that people don't like about him. You know, uh, Joe Paterno became a god just by his presence, not because he demanded it. So it was one of those things. Um, so I, I, that's kind of how I look about that that kind of thing in the ego portion of it. As far as what if he if he like you said if he'd stay in that stay in a place for more than you know five years six years then then having the rights or you know and, and let's be honest Joe Paterno ran ran Penn State when it came to anything that he wanted he got it uh, that's because he earned it. Um, now I'm not saying that maybe Nick Saban doesn't earn it, but. Uh, he's been there five years. I, I, you know, him walking around like he is the cat's meow. I think that needs a little bit more times before he um, utters meow. But you know, so that's kind of how I look at him. So, so Sonny, how's Saban going to respond to that Iron Bowl loss and and being questioned by fans, being questioned by the media about his play calling, his decision making? How will that affect him going into this next year? Remember, he's losing A.J. McCarron. He doesn't have a quarterback that we know yet. How does he respond mm-hmm. to that? Well, he responds to the to the Iron Bowl as a – and I know you're going to hate me when I say this, Tarvin. That was a fluke. Let's be honest, okay? Now, you want to call it destiny or whatever, that was a fluke. I mean, now, granted, that doesn't mean they would have still won the football game. I don't want to fluke. put it there. Yeah, uh, come on. I mean, a last-minute uh, field goal attempt. Now, Georgia, you... Georgia was a fluke. Georgia was a fluke. I'll give you that. But Alabama was – I just think that was planned. They called timeout and put the guy back there because it was a long field goal. So they do that on the kicks. <laughs> they do that on the long kicks. <laughs> I mean, well, that was almost garbage. a 60-yarder, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, come on. I mean, he ran it all the way back for a touchdown. I mean, that, you know, how often does that happen? It, it doesn't. No, I'm not saying it's not a team of destiny, but come on. I mean, I mean, come on. You, you don't plan for that in a game. You don't even plan that once a year, never mind, you know, plan for it. I mean, you know, I like the fact they won. I'm glad they did it in dramatic uh, fashion, but come on, it was a fluke. I mean, they still won the game, and they deserved it. It was a fluke, though. Cuervo, Cuervo, was that a fluke? Well, which one? <laughs> the Georgia game or the Alabama I know, the I know Alabama. The Georgia game. The Alabama I know the Georgia game was a lot. Well, it all started with the Georgia game. So I think oh, – no, I, I don't want to call it a fluke. I, I, I want you to don't say – You don't want to call a com- – you don't want to call a kickoff with no – or a field goal attempt, run back, all the way back, <laughs> with no time up on there. No, we actually planned that to happen. You know, yeah, we, we had it said if that was the way – you know, we knew it was going to come down to that. And, yeah, that, that was the biggest – Fluke in oh my word! Now I'm glad they got it, and I got like oh come on, not a Cuervo. <laughs> I, ca- I, call, I, I know I call you know, you guys know but geez, do I need to give you some chapstick? <laughs> did, did you not read the story though? You didn't read the story about how how Gus Malzahn and, and Auburn they practiced it all week. So yeah, Luke, they knew yeah. it was going to end like that. Sure, yeah, practiced it all week. They practiced it. 
Guys, look, look to me, to oh, me, look. Man. When look, if I'm if Malzahn, here's what he did. They went out there. Malzahn didn't know what they were going to do, and when he lined up for a field goal, Malzahn called timeout, kind of probably laughed himself and said, "I know they're not going to try this, but in case they do, this is almost a 60 yard. Let's put our kick returner back that's leading the nation in punt returns now, just in case." And when that happened, it's uh, I mean th- those guys looked like they were ready for it. The wall set up perfect. He hit the line. He went all the way down for a touchdown. And a fluke to me was the Georgia guys tipping the ball up in the air and Auburn catching it and going it. I'll say that. I'll agree with that. But as far as the Iron Bowl, I just think it was one of those plays in a huge game that that just made the difference. I think the bad coaching move, maybe the kick one that far and with the risk. There's always a risk when you kick one. It could have been blocked. Return for a touchdown and that happened. I've never seen that happen in a game, to end the game with that kind of the stakes on the line, everything on the line on it. So I know a lot of people say that's it's why it's a blue. I have to disagree with. <laughs> I have to disagree with it. <laughs> oh, but I love you, Tarvin. Oh, geez, twenty-four to nothing. What? I mean, come on, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Really? Can we talk? Are oh they, my are they God. They're choking, and just when I decided to go against my internal thing saying Pittsburgh would win, um, it just when it's a time where they have to win a football game, Cincinnati proves again that they are not in it and they can't win it when they have to, just like the Dallas Cowboys, just not as worse. Yeah, Should have picked the Steelers like I did, I know. I should have I went with that inner feeling. I pick Cincinnati, and I'll pick them again tomorrow if I could. I, you know, you, yeah. Yep. That's a fluke, Sonny. Pittsburgh winning <laughs> the score is a fluke. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, interesting. Well, guys, By the way, guys, go ahead, Sonny. Well, well, I just wanted to let Cuervo know I, I don't want to burst this bubble, and I don't want to make him mad. But. Tomorrow night, if the Lions win, I think the I, I think the Bears could be in very very serious trouble going into the last two games of the season and having to to win football games. I you know they got the Eagles and the Packers last two games. Detroit they have the Giants and the Vikings last two games. The Packers have the Steelers and then the Bears. It may come down to Week 17, Cuervo, Packers, and Bear for that last Ooh. wild card spot, baby. And it's going to be interesting, my friend. Well, it is, and I mean, we don't we don't know what Green Bay's thinking. Are, are they are they actually considering bringing Rodgers back, even though their chances at getting a wild card spot are are very slim, very slim. Are they are they still in it according to their record? Yes, but I mean, do, do they really want to risk it if you know? Let's say they play Rodgers and they and they still happen to lose, um, and they. He, I mean, it's it's always a risk when you're when you play when you bring a guy like that back from a collarbone injury. Yep. Uh, is is it worth it? I mean, or do they try to ride this thing out? and see if they can make it without Rodgers and then bring him back for the playoffs. Now, you could say the same thing about the Bears. They could have, they could have stayed with McCown and brought Cutler back 
when, you know, if they made the playoffs. But, see, the difference between Rodgers and Cutler is, is Rodgers is, he's set. He's got his yeah. extension. He's got his money. That's yep. different. Cutler's playing for an extension. They're not going to franchise tag him. I'll tell you that right now. GM Phil Emery already said it. They're not going to use the franchise tag on him. So it's either they they sign Cutler to an extension or they don't keep him. And I, I just don't see that happening. So Cutler right now is playing for an extension, and that's the only reason he's playing, guys. You know, high, high ankle sprain to come back, what, three weeks? That That's risky. That's risky, man. I mean, yeah. I know Peyton Manning, you know, he pretty much came back with no rest. But, I mean, then Denver's on a, on a whole different level. So, right. you know, there's a difference. Yeah, I'm wor- I'm worried about the Bears if the Lions win and beat the Vi- uh, beat the Ravens next week or tomorrow. Uh, so it- it'll be interesting to see how the end of the season goes up, Tarvin. Hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild finish, and, and I, I just look at this NFL season, and I just to me I don't see a dominant football team out there that I'm ready to crown Super Bowl champion or, or anything like that. I think it's wide open, uh, Sonny, and I think. Several teams could win the Super Bowl this year, and I mean, who's the most dominant team in your opinion right now? I hate to admit it, because it, it'll just prove Cuervo right. God, I hate to say this. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are the toughest team, and probably right now, quite possibly the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that game today. Wow. That game today showed that they could score some points. Um, if that defense gets back, I mean, granted, they, their defense wasn't there today, but it's normally a pretty good defense. Um, the defense just took the day off for some reason today. Um, if they get back up on track I, right now, I think Kansas City and it, it, are the Super Bowl champions, and I'm going to have to figure out a way to get the best voice on. I, I, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl with the radio broadcast. Um, with uh, Mitch, uh, oh gosh, I forgot his last name, the best color guy, or the best play-by-play in the NFL um, on radio. I thought, I, thought, I thought the scorekeeper was the best color guy in the game. No, no, the best play-by-play guy, <laughs> the best play-by-play guy in the NFL is Mitch Marchum, is, is the play-by-play guys, and I, I, love, I love his call, I love how he does it, and I will listen via the radio um, if I can get it on sync um, with the DVR, so that's how I'm going to do it. Well, Sonny, Sonny, tell me this. So you know this more than I do. Sorry if y'all hear my dog barking in the background. Um, if, if Carolina makes it to the Super Bowl this year, how much would it cost me to get a ticket to go to the Super Bowl? I've, I've never been, so I've always wanted to go. Should I just go to the Super Bowl this year, or should I go to Pasadena? Which one? Oh, I'd go to the Super Bowl if if, if it's going to be. I'd go to the Super Bowl regardless. No way. If I was going to do it. If I was going to do it, I'd go to the Super Bowl. But you know I got more of a love for the pro game than I do the college game. You know, if Michigan was playing for a national championship and I had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, I love blue, but I'm going to the Super Bowl. But I would never go to either one of them because Sonny would prefer to stay at home watching it on high-definition TV. How much does it cost to go to the Super Bowl? Two or three thousand? Well, it dep- well, it just depends on the ticket. I think in New York, you're, you know, the, the the face value of those tickets are no more than three hundred. However, 
it's where, how you're going to get them after that because if you don't get them on the regular release of the tickets, they're going to cost you thousands of dollars. Paul Ewing says the lowest ticket right now on StubHub is $3,183 for one ticket. That, that's, I think that's not on the ticket, though, is it? No, no, that's that's just what people will have to pay to get it. Face value, yes, like you said, three four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, stuff, stuff. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I bought a national championship ticket in two thousand ten on stuff uh, for eleven hundred dollars, and two wow. days later they they offered me thirty three hundred dollars for oh, that. Oh God, ticket. I would have sold it. I would. Well, it was, I it, was, it was your Auburn team, though. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. Yeah, Auburn or not, I would have sold it. My gosh, that's crazy. Cuervo, I know you have an opinion on this. I just don't think you can beat the atmosphere of a national championship game probably compared to a Super Bowl, do you? I don't think it's even close. I mean, you have to go to a national championship game before you go to a Super Bowl. Now, I get it. The Super Bowl, see, the thing about the Super Bowl, the great thing about the Super Bowl is, first of all, you know, well, I don't want to say it's it's there's more build up to it because you know who's playing for the national title a month before. You only know who's playing the Super Bowl two weeks before. But the great thing about the Super Bowl is you got celebrities everywhere and, and all the little you know, all the little parties going on and it's not really like that when it comes to the national championship game. Everything happens, you know, the a day or two before. But the Super Bowl, I mean, you got the whole week leading up to the game where, uh, you know, you got, like I said, you got parties and you got all these different things going on. And, and that's the great thing about the Super Bowl. But the game itself, nah, it doesn't even come close. You got to go to a national championship game, uh, a college game. And, and like I told Tarvino once before, I've, I've been to a Bears game. I've been to a ten- University of Tennessee game at Neyland Stadium, and I've been to Soldier Field. I'm going to tell you right now, the – the um, the electricity that that I felt at Neyland Stadium, the atmosphere wasn't even close. It, it, it was so it was so far beyond what I felt when I went to Soldier Field. It it, it, it was it was ten it was a hundred times better. So I, me I just that's the college game is by far the more electric atmosphere in my opinion. Tarvin, yes, you get on Spirit.com yes. right now. You can get a round-trip ticket to the to, to New York. Round-trip ticket costs you less than three hundred and uh, three hundred less than three hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but as soon as those teams are announced, for the bill, it'll rise up a lot. That's why Whoever you got to buy them now. That, that, that's why you got to buy them now. But that's Spirit Airlines, the best airline, if you're going to pay, that, that I say. So, you know, there you here's go. A, here's, a, here's, here's, here's a quote from our chat room from Paul. What is he flying in, a crop duster? Now, I knew you were going to say it. I'm telling you right now, they're the, cleanest, they're the cleanest airplanes in the business. You just need to buy a drink after you get past security and bring your own snacks. That's it. And only one bag. Only bring a carry-on bag, and that's it. You know, a smaller carry-on bag. If you can do that, uh, it, after that, if you need to bring a carry-on bag, it'll cost you 25, uh, 25 ducks. So it's still the best deal in town. Hop on Spirit, do a round-trip ticket, and go to the Super Bowl if you can get Super Bowl tickets. But then again, you see how much they're going to cost. All right, real quick, guys. 
before we move on and leave here tonight, I, I just I just want y'all's opinion about this national championship game. And and you know, I was fired up last weekend. All the drama unfolded last Saturday night. Sunday, I was excited for the announcement. But guys, there's too much time in between when they announce it and when they play the national championship. So I'll start with yes, where but why why such a delay? Why not get these guys out? as soon as possible to play and let the other teams play the bowls. But wouldn't you rather see the national championship a little earlier than a, a month, four to six weeks after the announcement? Yeah, I would. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I, and I think it all has to do just with, with the planning of everything, you know, um, with all the, the revenues, that stuff that goes into, uh, you know, setting up for the national championship. Like I said, I mean, you got, I mean, I don't know the details. I don't know how to exactly explain it, but maybe Sonny could explain it a lot better than I can. All the sponsors, you know, you got to have time to set everything up and things like that. And everybody's got to make their money. And, and they, you know, we're, we're sitting here, we're talking about tickets. Uh, It gives people opportunities to go and, and spend their whole life savings on getting a ticket just to get to Pasadena. And yeah, Buy a ticket for the game. So, that, I mean, as a fan, you hate it, but the, from the business aspect of it, you know, that's that's why they do it. You're absolutely well, right, like Cuervo. They got they've got so many things to do. In fact, wherever they're playing, the stadium does not even have control over the stadium. It's the bowl that takes over the stadium. So if they're playing paying in, you know you know, they're playing in Pasadena, the normal regular ground crew and everybody else, they're off that week, believe it or not, unless they are specifically hired by the uh bowl committee. Okay. They go in there and they take it over. There's not one decision that is made in the stadium or how it needs to be done by the regular crews of uh Pasadena and the Rose Bowl. So that's how that that's how that works, and that does take time in order to get all those changes and everything ready to go, and it takes that time. So, yep, that's it, that's the reason why it's happening. Yeah, I, I like the and Paul said it too. It gives a gives everybody a chance to breathe, and as an Auburn fan, it lets you soak it in and kind of reflect back on the type of season, how miraculous season it was. You know, you talk about spoiled fans. Well, that's not Auburn fans after a three and nine season. I think that humbled a lot of people in Auburn. Actually, I mean, I don't ma- no matter what level you are, I think that humbled you a little bit. But, but Squareball, I want to ask you about. You know, you talk about the coaches. What have you done for me lately? You look at Butch Jones at Tennessee. Your volunteers. How long are they going to give him to come in and make an impact? It looks like you know he's got a good recruiting, great recruiting class coming in. How many years are they going to give Butch Jones? Um, I I say. You know, give him, give him a couple of years with the guys that he brings in, and if it's just not working, then it's just not working. I mean, I'm not saying next year he's going to get fired if they if they have a you know another you know five and seven year or whatever it is that they finished, but um, you know three four years from now, if you're still getting the same results, then obviously something's not going right. So. Um, yeah, I, I say I say he. I don't know what the exact. Uh, I can't remember what his original contract was when he signed with with Tennessee. I don't know how many years it was, but I I would imagine it probably can't be more than four years. I I, I would have to look that up, but I, his contract can't be more than four how, years. 
how is he making four point nine million per year? And you have God, that's a lot of money for really an unproven head coach in the SEC, Cuervo. Well, I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures, Tarvino, and 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 that's where <laughs> Tennessee was. They wanted to get back to to being relevant quickly, and uh, they felt like Butch Jones was the guy. And I mean, I don't really, I know he coached at Cincinnati. I don't, or was it Cincinnati? Where was he before? I. He, uh, I know he did. Yeah, he was at Cincinnati. Was. He yeah, was at Cincinnati before he came. Yeah, because he took over for, uh, for oh, what's his name, Kelly, uh, Brian Kelly, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah, he took over for Brian Kelly. And, uh, I, I mean, I guess, you know, Tennessee liked what they saw, how he was doing things over there. And, you know, I mean, they, they, they showed him the money. And, uh. But you're right. I mean, I think they overpaid for him. But again, you know, sometimes you're just desperate, and you know you're gonna you have to bite the bullet if you're gonna get, bring somebody of his caliber. So, you know, Tennessee did what they had to do. Sonny, if I was Gus Miles, if I was Auburn, I'd give Gus Malzahn at least six million just to make him very comfortable with the job he did. But he only he's only making about three and a half million base salary. I mean, how much is too much for these coaches, Sonny, that make? Like Saban's now making seven million a year. He's the highest paid coach in college football. Is that too much? And how do you put a price on it? It just depends. I, like if I knew the revenue of the school and what it was all about, I think I could I could better better see it. However, um, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I think the I think paying over five million dollars for any college coach is ridiculous. So um, so. I'm a little bit different and more of my, what I'm thinking. And I also think more about how these state schools get away with it. I mean, paying these, I mean, state, <laughs> state funds are paying a head, co- head football coach. I, I haven't, you know, I haven't figured that one out yet. And especially with mo- most states, you know, being almost broke, um, I, I haven't figured that one out yet. But that's just me. So I, I, I don't know if Whoa. I could comment uh, correctly on that. Well, well, Sonny, college coaches make more than NFL coaches now. I mean, I how long is that going to be before NFL coaches start complaining, wanting more money? And I, I think we've talked about this before. I think they make more money because college coaching is 365-day-a-year recruiting. And, and the NFL, at least they don't have to go out and travel recruiting. They can just study people and draft them. They don't really have to recruit. Yeah, but they're not the major leagues of football. I mean, you know, they, you know, it, I think the fact that there's not as much work that has to be done is the reason why they make less, and I think they're okay with it. And it is the major leagues, so that's kind of probably how I'd look at it. So, by the way, you can get hotels all over the place for fifty, sixty bucks in New York. For the Super Bowl, you got to do it today, though, because I'm on Motel.com looking at it, and your your airline is 200. You leave on Saturday the first for the game up on the second. Uh, that one that flight is 120 bucks. The way back is 120 bucks. Get out for two nights at a hotel. That's relatively cheap. It's all about the tickets for the Super Bowl. If you want to purchase your tickets today. Well, if I knew Carolina Cuervo was going to be in there, I'd be purchasing them today, wouldn't you? Uh, I would purchase mine if Chicago was going to be there. But I get what you're saying, Tarvino. Um, you know, as long as it's your team, then yeah, it's definitely worth the money. Yeah, I'm not sure what how much of a fan you are. Yeah, 
I, I, as much as I love the Jaguars, I wouldn't. I, 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 there's no team I'd go to a Super Bowl. You've you got to fight the battles. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I guess I'm older, and I guess I, I just don't want to deal with the crap. I can sit at home in my nice, quiet home, and I can have a Marie Callender's chicken pot pie and, you know, not have to worry about, you know, all the other stuff around me. So, plus there's DVR, and I can always rewind it whenever I want to see it. So, I guess I'm. I think I'm just old to too old to understand the reason why you go in and sit at a you know hundred thousand you know people in a football stadium. Never mind that's going to well, be freaking cold. Well, well, guys, that's that's a great point <laughs> you bring up. I want to I want to talk about this before we leave, just for a second, if you have a moment, guys. But what are, what are these uh, like colleges going to do? What are the NFL teams going to do? People want to stay home now. They can sit in front of a sixty inch TV, high definition. Yep. They don't. Anything they don't have to fight. Plus, they have Red Zone on TV to be able to track everything. How in the yep. world? How in the world are these guys going to compete with that? It's kind of hard. All you can do is the the atmosphere. Really, that's all you're paying for. Really, when you go to a football game. I think it just depends, you know, Tarvin, on how much, you know, how many rabid fans there actually are. It, it, it just goes to show. I, I, it's not that I'm not now. Now, I, I guess I will say this, and I guess I'm going to have to give my way. Um, wherever the indoor football league championship game is going to be, I'm going to be. I, I, you know, I think I, you know, it just goes to show. I mean, there's only going to be 5,000 to 6,000 people to an indoor game championship game compared to 100,000. So there's a lot of advantages for an old guy like me that I don't have to deal with when I get there. So I, I, I'm just not a crowd person, but if you're a fanatic, I mean, I understand why people do it. But on the other hand, I don't. Um, it's just more in the fact that you get the best seats in the house, and now that the, t- the camera angles are going to be everywhere in these football games, um, and if you get a bad seat or you're sitting behind someone with a big cone head and you can't see, you know, it, you know, it just takes away from the enjoyment of a game. So it, it's one of those things. Yeah, and if you're not sitting on the 50-yard line, it's really hard to see everything that's going on in the stadium, Cuervo. It is. It is. And, I mean, that's why I've I've been to a Bears game, but I've only been to one Bears game. So, I mean, I I really enjoy the the TV angle as well. So, yep. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that if the Bears were to make it back to the Super Bowl, like, Oh, I absolutely will make sure that I go. I mean, hey, if if I happen to save up the money for it, and you know, like I said, I'm not coming home to having to sell everything in my in, in my house. Then, yeah, I, 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 I might as well go. Yeah, you know, besides the rent, I'm talking about everything else too, not just the rent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a solution you know, depend- to that, guys. You you bet on the game, Sonny. You. If it costs you twenty five hundred to go, you bet twenty five hundred on your on the other team. That way, you know if your team wins, you're happy and you're only out say five thousand dollars. Where if you go and you lose, you break even. Even Carvin to come up with that thought, I love it. Yeah, it does. I mean, you gotta have some money on it. It's not gonna matter. You know, but I never bet on my Auburn Tigers, though, guys. I I don't bet on the team that I pull for. It's too much emotion in it anyway. And if they too much if they lose rest. and cost me money, I'm going to be really pissed off. 
Well, that, that's true. Now, I did win a parlay today, um, one parlay today, so I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. Uh, won sixty dollars, and I've only bet uh, ten, uh, ten do- or twenty dollars today, and I won sixty. So I, I'm pretty happy with my uh, with my winnings for today. Good job. Well, guys, yeah, I I'm took- thank y'all both. Who'd you take in your parlay? I took I took uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills, giving up three. Uh, actually, um, getting one and a half before it changed because it changed as we were on the air. It changed the Buffalo to three and a half, but they would have covered anyway. But I took the Bills and the one and a half points. Uh, the Patriots uh, made me the, the Patriots and Dolphins. I took the Dolphins, but they made me sweat on the over and under. The over and under was forty six and a half, and they still won it. So that was the one that I had a ten dollar bet on and won. Uh, actually, won sixty eight dollars. Sonny, you and those over and unders. You love betting those over and unders. I, I, I because I sure in the hell can't pick who's going to win via the spread. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Um, so I, I'm not. I'm not good at that. <laughs> hey, hey, Cuervo, Cuervo, what is this about Peyton's record? Paul's wanting you to ask about. Yeah, well, we're not we're not talking about we're not talking about we have we have a guy in Peyton Manning who um, is is with two games to go, guys. He only needs to throw three touchdowns to break the NFL record uh, of fifty. He's going to do it next week, Tom. Br- okay, so I mean, is that what you? Who do they play next week? I think it's Houston. So, okay, hold on. He's got how many? What has he got? Forty-eight or forty-seven right now? I think he's got forty-seven. He needs three to tie, four to break it. Yeah, I could see him doing it against Houston. Yeah, I could see him throwing four touchdowns. Very, very yeah, possible. I'm not- I'm looking at the schedule right now just to be sure, but I think I checked it. We kind of touched on this a little bit on our show this morning. Uh, Here it is. Uh, Yes, they have the Texans, then they got the Raiders. Yeah, the the Raiders only gave up 50-plus, a half a hundred a day to Kansas City, so I think he'll be pretty safe there. (laughs) If they they play him, though, but what if if they don't play him? What if they they have a lead and they don't want to? really risk him, and maybe they have that number one seed locked up up there. Who knows? And that's why I think and that's why I think he'll he'll he's only got till next week because I don't see him playing against Oakland. I really don't. So he's well, gonna have to wait, wait, wait. Are you you honestly think that Peyton Manning wouldn't play against Oakland? <laughs> no. If they're if they're twelve and three, why why would he want to? Why would yeah, th- th- why would <laughs> Peyton, I, I I don't think you could get him off the football field in, in Oakland. I I think he could probably. I think he starts that football game and plays at least a half. Peyton, mm. Peyton will decide. Peyton will decide yeah. that. It won't be any coach. It'll be well, him deciding to do. I think you know what. I think it depends on what Kansas City does next week too. I don't know who they play, but if they win, then I could see Manning playing. But if they lose Kansas City, then I could see them resting Peyton Manning the last game of the season. Um, I'm trying to look at the schedule for Kansas City, and let's see here. Um, Oh, crap, I went into the wrong damn page. Um, There it is. Uh, No, that's not it either. I think I know. Indianapolis next week. I I, I, I thought. Yep, here it is. Yep, week 16 they have Indy. 
on the home page. I missed it off to the right-hand side. So that's going to be it. Hey, Indianapolis, they've already got it wrapped up. They're in the playoffs. They're not going to get to buy either. You know, how important is that game going to be to Indianapolis in reality too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Indy's already got their division locked up, so they're only fighting for position right now. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think that position will matter. What a bad division. My God. Yeah, and they, they have the Chargers in Week 17 as well for the uh, for the Chiefs. Oh, the Chargers are that team. We better watch out for. But, guys, we're going to. We're going to shut it off. I appreciate both of y'all joining in and co-hosting the show. It's been fun. I really appreciate it. And Sonia for calling in, Paul listening in the chat room, some other guests. Um, guys, have a great week. And are y'all doing a Monday night show tomorrow night? That's if we can get it planned and I can get it scheduled. They might have to have Cuervo do it because the damn beta won't let me do it. So I might have to have Cuervo do damn it. Damn beta. <laughs> damn beta. Damn beta. Well, Damn guys, let, let, let me know if y'all get it on. I'd like to join y'all and listen in for some Monday night action. But, guys, take care. Have a great week. Be safe. And we'll see you Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Sonny, uh, you want to tell us about your upcoming shows after tomorrow night, um, Saturday? Well, yeah, tomorrow if we do a show, we're doing um, the Minor League Football Hall of Fame uh, induction series. We'll probably have one of those on. We'll also do an IFL preseason game. That's the Indoor Football League. Uh, preseason uh, edition of something. I know I got one coach and a couple of players that are going to be on. It's just a matter of when it's going to be back on. And um, then I think we're back up on the air on Saturday and Sunday of next week. All right. Well, we're going to look forward to that. And, guys, we're about to heat up the, the playoff talk with the last couple of weeks coming up in the NFL and also preview all of these bowl games. So it might take me a year to preview all of these bowl games, but we have to do it. Um, So, guys, take care, have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday.